Hello and welcome to episode 136 of the Good Good Golf Podcast, Rod Murray leading proceedings as we dive into what is likely to be one of the more interesting events of this 2023 season. When we first started the IC Golf Podcast, which morphed into this one, one of the things we said we would do very little of is cover professional golf. Well, with such seismic shifts going on in the game this past year, that's been a bit difficult to do. And we are back in that space again on this episode. The PGA Tour's flagship event will be played at Sawgrass this week without the defending champion and several of his live, live colleagues. And that's just one of a number of reasons we'll be crossing to John Huggin in just a moment to get some news from on the ground, as it were, of what is always a busy week in the game, but particularly so this week. Before that, though, I have apologies from Adrian Logue, who's claiming to be doing something resembling work. doesn't sound right, does it? I uh, don't believe those, he's ever done any work. So those words don't belong in the same No wonder sentence. he had to take the time off if he's trying work for the first <laughs> That's time. That's right. Uh, so he's apologised for his inability to join us this morning. We do have Golf Australia Deputy and Digital Editor Jimmy Emanuel, as you've already heard in the studio. Jimmy, always one of golf's biggest weeks at Sawgrass. This one has some added spice. Definitely added interest and added conversation. Yeah, I mean, no defending champion for, I think, only the fourth time. Mm. Um, and certainly here in Australia, it's created a lot of interest about what's going on. And Cam helped to fan the flames by suggesting he might go and have a few beers and watch it down some around the corner at his house. So. It's the reasons for no defending champion. I mean, champions sometimes don't defend because of injury or something else, but this is what's uh, adding to it. Well, he wouldn't have had a, wouldn't have had a parking spot. They took that off him uh, you know, towards the back end of last year. Without further ado, let's cross to the other side of the world where we find Golf Australia magazine contributor and a Memorial Journalism Award winner, John Huggin, on, on site at Sawgrass. Huggy, before we come to this week's news, the Memorial Award, clearly not a popularity contest. This has boosted its integrity enormously, if even you can win it. <laughs> well, it's, 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 it's one of life's great mysteries. That's all I'm going to say about it. You're not an award guy, but you must feel some sense or tingle of pride. It's not a small deal to win. It's Jack Nicholas's tournament, the Memorial Tournament, so it's a big deal. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously um, where I come from, Jack Nicholas, there is nobody more ad admired in golf than Jack Nicholas, uh, mostly for the, you know, obviously for the winning that he did, but uh, also for the the way that he lost. My father used to point to him and say, that's, that's how you play golf in the true sense of the word, um, is just be like Jack Nicholas, and you won't go far wrong. How hard could it be, Haki? Just be like Jack. Will he be presenting the award? Uh, I have no idea, but I imagine he'll be there. Um, it's there's there's some kind of I don't know the details yet, to be honest. But um, doesn't really matter. As I said to you earlier, I think that the, 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 there are going to be some side benefits to this. As I said to you earlier, I'm going to double my usual fee for appearing on this this nonsense. Yeah, we've already um, agreed to pay so it, honey, could, the, so. the check's in the post, is it? <laughs> yes. The check costs more than... Uh, that's why That's why Logue's out working. Yeah, he's got exactly to right. make right. up that deficit. <laughs> I hope that you get the award presented to you by Jack. That would be lovely, and it'll be a very special day for you. So congratulations, even though I know you're not one who's into that sort of thing. Let's get into the sort of thing you are into. How's Sawgrass this week? What's the vibe like? Liv's been around for a while, obviously, but this is kind of the first big event where we've really felt the impact. And of course, it doesn't get any bigger than the defending champion, the PGA Tour's flagship event, the reigning open champion, the world number, I don't know what he's at now, he was the world number three uh, until recently. What's the, and there's been a bunch of press conferences this morning with some of the biggest names in the game. So I'll hand it over to you, Huggy. What's yeah. the most important and interesting thing that happened out of all of that? Well, I think that the first thing we need to do is stop calling Cam Smith the defending champion because they're not going to let him defend. Okay. Um, he's just a past champion uh, from now on, if, if we want to be pedantic about it. Is he still on the honour yeah, board? They haven't scrubbed uh, him off there, have they? 
they haven't scrubbed him off the honour board because they got rid of his no, car no, park he, spot he, pretty he's quickly. He's still there. He's, <laughs> he's still there. And I think the Australian flag is still there. Okay. Yeah, it flies for the well, whatever country the uh, champion comes from. Flies for a year above the the hideous clubhouse that uh, <laughs> is grotesque. part of the scene here at Sawgrass. <laughs> it's oh, my goodness. It's awful. But, um, yeah, there was a succession. There was a big players meeting this morning, mm. first thing, 7.30 this morning, which... I think from all by all accounts was attended by about fifty players, but um quite a few of the big names didn't bother to to show up. Um the guys that were in the media, Shoffley didn't go, Ram didn't go, Max Homer didn't go, um the bunch of others didn't bother to take part. But um In fairness though, I think it was they, more they out. were already across what was being presented though, wasn't they? They they'd known yeah. about this because they drove yeah. a lot of it initially. So Yeah, yeah. It's um I'm not sure it's going down completely. Um, well, certainly with John Ram, you get the feeling that John Ram's not entirely happy with it, uh, probably because he's not that keen to be told by his peers what he should be, what he's going to have to do, and all the rest of it. And I think he was quite keen to have some inclusion of the DP World Tour in the midst of all this, and this is supposedly have a strategic alliance with the PGA Tour, but we're not seeing much evidence of that. Um, Depends what you think. Strategy of- is huggy. If the strategy, well, if the strategy was to sideline the DP World Tour, then the strategic alliance is working beautifully. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Monaghan was in um, the the commissioner. Um, man, he's a cure for insomnia. What a terrible press conference that was! <laughs> I had to, I, I ran metaphorically screaming from the room at one point. It was just, oh my goodness, uh, jet lag. It's actually a cure for jet lag. It would have been, it would have helped me fall asleep if I'd just taken the notion to close my eyes halfway through. But um, did you ever think, honey, he, that you would pine for the days of Tim Fincham again? Well, I wouldn't quite go that far because um, he was just as bad. I mean, the, the, these guys are the masters of obfuscation, which is, you know, basically the art of answering the question that you wanted to be asked rather than the one that you were actually asked. Um, that goes on constantly, um, certainly in a Monaghan press conference. He, he he bobbed and weaved and dodged and um, there, were, there weren't too many specifics in um, what he had to say. But uh, they're they're trying they're in a selling phase at the moment. The Rory and the the guys behind all this tiger and the rest of them they're they're having to sell this to not only us but the players themselves. Um, so it's all you know claims of how great it's going to be and this and that. But I don't think even they really know exactly how it's all going to play out. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the notion that um, the PGA Tour isn't going to have two tiers to it, for example. Going forward, um, it looks that way. It you know it looks like a two tier tour um, in the future, which is maybe the way it's been before anyway, and maybe they're just making it official. It's certainly been the case in Europe with the DP World Tour, where there's for long enough now there's been maybe three tours going on within one, depending on what level player you are. You know, the elite players played a shortened schedule for gazillions. The middle tier played a bit of the top tournaments and a few of the mediocre ones and the bottom guys just played all the, you know, I did a story a few years ago. I think, I think I used Richard Bland as the example. He, he, he played, he had to play some 20 odd tournaments for the same amount of prize money as Rory had played in eight or something. You know, it was very much, very marked the difference. And that seems to be the way of things on the PGA tour going forward. I would imagine. Before we go any further, is that necessarily a bad model, Jimmy? 
No, I don't necessarily think it's so. It's a different model. And it's we, a different model. We find model it confronting, but is it a bad model? It's a different model. But I think, like Huggy says, for a lot of the last while, there has been that sort of thing in place. And the tour did make attempts to stop that by making guys play an event they hadn't played before or for the last three years to try and bleed some of the stars back through those smaller events. But it was very clear, even for a punter, what events they were interested in versus what they weren't. And this just makes it clear and delineated that this is the top events and these are not. Um what it realistically does, I think if it does move down that two-tiered tier, tour model, what place does the Corn Ferry Tour really have moving forward? It, it's going to become a third tier and it's it's already got to find itself because guys will go to Europe and play for more money and more experience and then a chance to get a PJ Tour card anyway. So um, I don't think it's a bad move, but it needs some serious nutting out as to what every tour's role is and where every tour fits. Where are the tensions, Huggy? I mean, everybody's had their say about this. Some of the players, obviously, have got some, have had some things to say. James Hahn's been particularly outspoken, as he tends to be. Mm. But I suspect he speaks for more people than some yeah, realise. Definitely. I think he's sort of saying things that they do. Well, but with same question for you as Jimmy. Is this a bad model, necessarily? And then you get some thoughts on where the tensions are. Well, I think the, the, the more controversial thing aspect of it seems to be the no-cut thing. Um, there's arguments for and against that. Um it was funny actually. Rory quoted um, three numbers, um, saying how many no-cut events Tiger had won in his career, and how many Arnold Palmer had won, and how many Jack Nicklaus had won. I forget the numbers, but Monaghan came in later on and quoted three different numbers. <laughs> well, here's for, the thing: uh, so neither, neither Tiger, Jack, or Arnie could have told you how many no-cut events they'd ever won. That's for sure. Well, exactly. So um, I, I think Sam I'm not sure Sam Steed's record no-cut. had a few um, in there too. Sorry. I, I think no. I think the cut's a big part of, um, you know, they they always talk about levels of pressure in pro golf, and I remember it was at Lee Trevino. I think once said that you know the a six foot putt to to win a tournament it, it, that that isn't the same pressure as the six foot putt late on a Friday night to make the cut when you absolutely need to make the cut. That that, and I think it would be a shame to lose that. Um, you find out about players, and they find out about themselves when they're in those sort of situations on the way up. And a couple and of players have it, written there too, Huggy. Both Eddie Pepperell and Meg McLaren have written quite extensively mm. in the last week about what the cut means to a professional golfer from some of the things that you've yeah. touched on. So it's not just us yeah. fans and media that are saying that. Yeah, I think it's, it, it would be a shame to lose it. It's, it's part of the entertainment, if you like. Mm. I mean, uh, the, Monaghan was at pains to, to say, of course, that this is a business. Mm. And I think the, the battle between the, the, the purity of, you know, competitive sport at its best and the, the business aspect of, professional sport um i think the uh the business side is is winning that battle inevitably um and this is a big step towards that i think and i think that would be a shame i think um you know and you're going to get i mean for all that the, the bay hill event last week was was terrific entertainment and and we actually got a winner um unexpected but not part of the elite band at the top of the game um that is going to we're going to see less and less of that if we go down this restricted field it's going to be the same guys most most weeks and there's going to be there has to be one of the the x factors in all this is finding out how many guys that are going to go up and down Mm. Uh, the live actually live might benefit from this in the sense that you could if you have a if you're terrell hatton's the guy that i've heard mentioned on this because he's actually outside the top 50 at the moment so far this year but if somebody like him on that level of player i mean really good player as a kind of mediocre season and just misses out on the top 50, he's out of all these elite events the following year. And 
to me, that would make somebody like him in that position, you know, he might start thinking, well, maybe live is the way to go for me, you know, mm. rather than a, a year of Which, hacking around in the second tier events. Well, that makes it a second tier tour, does it not? If that's the case, if the PGA Tour scraps yeah, are going to go yeah. to live in that sense. Is there not the counter argument to that, Jimmy, is that in a sense, the top players have already made the cut? If you're in those fields, you're only I, in them. Uh, yeah. Because you've performed your I, way. I, I think watching players trying to make a cut on the PGA Tour of Australasia is a fashion, fascinating thing to do because these guys need every dollar mm-hmm. to keep their mm-hmm. career going. And making a cut in Australian Open can extend a guy's career by a year that might not have happened. These guys aren't too worried about – they'd like the money. They'd like the chance to play and to win. But they sort of – there's not that same meaning even to when Trevino's playing big events. It's just pride really, isn't it? If you're already it is, yeah, it's about pride. It is, and But mm. they've already sort of made a cut to get them there, but you still lose parts of the story. I mean, Brendan Jones won the New Zealand Open last week when he made the cut on the number and had a fa- fantastic weekend, and everyone was excited about the story, and he hit you know some amazing shots to get there. So you lose a bit of that drama. Um, you know, where, you keep these bigger names, whether it's for sponsors or TV. If Jordan Spieth's out there coming what, 61st, he's not going to get on TV much anyway. And if he's not playing good that week, how exciting is it to watch him shoot 77 around Bay Hill? Actually, Spieth's one who might be interesting to watch shoot 77, well, but yeah, the broader yeah, point yeah. is taken. Yeah, <laughs> but taken. Th- that's, that's it. I mean, we had the example of the, the two cuts at the Australian Open where Cam Smith gets through just the first cut. He goes off at 6 a.m. on Saturday morning and there was crowds everywhere. So, like, there was an interest in him being there, but that is a really unique example. Didn't make Channel 7 happy no, later in the day because sh- he was off at 6 o'clock in the morning and sure missed did. the second cut, and so therefore he wasn't on the coverage of the Sunday. But the but that level at the PJ Tour, it's the same guys playing every single week, and it's, you know, it, I don't necessarily think that that makes it that much more of an appetising TV concept or anything like that. But, yeah, I, I get your point that they've already made a cut to get up there. Yeah. yeah. Look, it, it, it makes a difference if you're the TV network and the sponsor shelling out the money, doesn't it, Huggy? I mean, the worst scenario for sponsors in this business of professional golf is they pay the big bucks because Rory and Tiger and everyone's playing. This is why they hate the match play and that way they fiddle with the match play. If they go home Wednesday, you've paid $8 million for a four-day tournament where the biggest draw card's gone after two. Having said that, though, I can still recall Rory trying to make the Irish Open cut a couple of years ago. It was some of the most compelling golf all year. So, yeah, well, and same at Port Rush in the Open. You remember yeah. when he had the yeah, terrible sure. start? That's right. That's what I'm thinking of. Fanta- yeah. And just missed in the end. Yeah. But, I mean, it was – you couldn't take your eyes off him no. on Friday afternoon. And, and, and I think stuff. from a sponsor and, and stuff, I, a player like that missing or flirting with the cut gets more attention to it on a Friday than the tournament would get otherwise. That's true. Because if Tiger's playing, Tiger tees it up at Genesis and he's battling to make the cut, everyone is – is watching that, paying attention. So suddenly the Friday numbers and attentions had a boost and you can push through to the Saturday-Sunday and build up the profiles of the players that are in the lead to make them more interesting. So in part, does it come down to, Jimmy, who the audience is? I know I keep banging on about this, but to have any understanding of that, you've got to have an understanding of golf. Mm-hmm. This whole live thing and the disruption it's caused and what the PGA Tour are now trying to do all seems to be aimed at this mythical not yet golf audience, and how do you make a product for them? Is there common sense in that? The the mythical, you know, the non-golfer who doesn't watch golf doesn't understand any of that. That's why they had to, you know, explain it ad nauseum in full swing. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's right. I think there's there's always going to have to be a slight education process, and that's maybe what they're trying to avoid with no cuts and all that sort of stuff. But um, 
I think there is that audience out there. Again, this morning, I, I got a message from a friend of mine who lives in Africa, hasn't played golf in 20 years and said, what's this full swing like? Should I watch it? I'm kind of intrigued. So that's that, that lead in point that we've spoken about and that it might then get them watching a little bit of golf, not watching week in, week out golf, but watching big events like people watching NRL Grand Final or a Super Bowl who don't watch any of the- State of origin. Yeah, to make big events a entertainment product, which you and I agree is golf at the professional level is entertainment. That's all it is. So entertainment has to be sold to a broader audience than just the existing people you've got. And golf's in a unique spot where people actually play the game, of course. But the no cuts, I think- maybe helps people understand a little bit better, but you've still got a scoring system that people would have to learn and everything like that. So I don't think- Better than the tour championship. You'd rather have a no-cut event than the handicap tour championship idea, wouldn't you, Huggy? Imagine several of those events a year. Yeah. 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 I mean, and another, you know, to go a slight tangent here is the- intrigues me. It's going to be one of the intriguing things, I think, going forward is is where they're going to get the sponsors for the, the second tier events. Yeah. You know, the Honda Classic last week was the last, or two weeks ago was the last Honda after 40 years. They, because they had a terrible field, you know, relative to what they could have got or had in the past. And that's going to be difficult. I mean, I, you know, if I'm, you know, Mr. American Express or whoever, and they come along and want me to, to promote or sponsor, spend 10 million or whatever it is to, back a second tier event in which maybe one or two, if, if that of the real top guys are going to be there. Oh, I'm not so sure I'm going to go for that. You know, the that's going to be difficult for them going forward, I think. Well, and, and I tell you who should be nervous is the guys who are playing on the Corn Ferry Tour. Because effectively, yes. the yeah. Corn Ferry Tour is now PGA Tour. And we're already calling it the second tier. They are going to do everything they can mm. to stop that happening. Oh, that is exactly what's going to happen. You've now created PGA Tour Premium, so by default, Everything under it is not PGA Tour Premium, and you can dress it up how you yeah. like. You can have all the cadence you like. Why is cadence the word of the week, Huggy? What's that about? Oh, that's um, – I, I even had to look it up it's a, it's, <laughs> to get the <laughs> exact <laughs> definition of it. it was, it's a musical thing. It's a musical it's thing. It's about rhythm. And, and, you're, and, and you're the, you have a cadence to the yep. way you speak as yep. well. You know, that that's the two things. That I And I was right. that they, they were there. But the actual definition, I mean, it kind of drifts off in music, I think, was the – um, which was kind of appropriate today, given my <laughs> level of attention when Jay Monaghan was talking. So. Uh, dear, indeed. Um, quickly, before we talked about some of the player action from further down, and it, it's a tricky business, isn't it? Sorting out the importance of the integrity of the competition versus the sellability of the product. They they are both important. And we're seeing perhaps the business more important in this one, but yeah. it does lose some of yeah, the well, integrity, I mean, doesn't it? It's, it's, there's so many things that we're – as I said, that we don't really know what's going to happen for sure. Um, I, I wrote for uh, Golf Australia's website this week already saying that um, this event this week is actually, you can. I made the argument that this event has taken the biggest hit yeah. Yeah. from Live because it, it's put, it's billed as the, the so-called fifth major, um, which I mean, certainly it was number five on pretty much everybody's list. But the gap now between one, two, three, and four, the four majors, and this one, number five, it's now bigger uh, than it was 12 months ago. Mm. I mean, the field here this week is not as good as last year. It just isn't. I mean, Carpet. starting with starting with Cam Smith, you know, uh, and then you go down the list of all the live guys, all of whom would make this field better. 
you know, the, the that, dozen or so at the top of the game, yeah. That that story Huggy saw him about. Brilliant, sure, brilliant piece. There'll be a link yeah. in the show notes. Yeah, there I'm will sure. be a link filling loads roll here. Thank but, you very much. Yes, but, you now have to send it to me. That's the other thing. Loads. Uh, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> but uh, the the point I sp- we talked about it on the Golf Australia podcast yesterday, playing from the tips. This the the selling point of the players was the strongest field in golf. That's right. Mm. And it's just it's just not going to be. It's it's well off what the other you know the the majors are going to have, and it's it's how do you sell? It's still got that buzz about it because of the course, but also because Cam's not there and stuff. So it's getting news attention. But I think I agree completely with Huggy. This is this is really taken a significant order, hit. Six, seventh, eighth, eighth major. Is it ninth mm. major now, Huggy? I don't know where does yeah. it sit in the majors. Yeah, well, I don't know. Knows. And and we and we I, actually. Sorry, go on. We, we talk about, you know, a, a lot of people talk about the players that have gone to live as not being necessarily that competitive and stuff, and you can argue that all day, whatever. But last year's winner, last year's runner-up, and 2021's runner-up are all not there. Yeah. Like, that's it. And then you've got the winner from, uh, I think, 2014, uh, a couple others as well, you know, that aren't there. It, it seriously affects what your tournament is, let alone the guys like Dustin Johnson and everything like that and who would be there, so... Couldn't agree more, Huggy. This uh, I, I was just going to say. Sorry, to, just to kind of round this off a little bit. You guys know Cam Smith better than I do. What What do you think deep down? If we strapped him to a truth machine and we, and asked him some questions, and and he had to tell the truth, the absolute truth, do you think there's some regret there at this point? I wonder what Santa thinks. That's about as fanciful as Santa being real, what yeah. you've outlined there, Huggy. It's a good question. I don't I, know. What I, do you reckon? I don't winning, feel that that's the case. But. Winning this tournament last year meant a lot to him. Um, you know, he he lives around the corner. He, he practiced there. He he really liked that whole, that whole vibe of everything. But from every conversation, it seems that he's pretty comfortable with the decisions he's made. But I, you would have to think that he's a – Deep down, like a bit of a golf nerd, and you know this is a mm. tournament that means a lot to to golf nerds, really, if, as much as you know whatever thoughts about it, and Australians too. You know, Greg holds the tournament record. Elkington won it. Jason won it. Adam won it. So he, I'm sure, thinks you know. I, I really thought I would have kept playing that for a long time and and trying to win that yeah. thing. I tell, I tell you one aspect of it. I, I had a little wander earlier on, and I bumped into uh, the agent of a very prominent player who. Um, Slightly tongue in cheek, uh, recommended that I go to the next um, live tournament and with a set of scales and just measure how much weight um, these guys have put on since they went to live and they're not playing as much. <laughs> he, he reckons that really? the likes of Dustin Johnson and Deschamps have put on twenty five pounds nah, some since, of the, they, since they jumped ship. Some so. of the photos <laughs> from the Saudi International were slightly revealing with mm. coming out for the first right. event of the year and the shirts from the end of last year might have been in the bag. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're starting I, to look like aging sports journalists. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I no do, need to be nasty, Huggy. <laughs> I do wonder for a, for a guy like I include me in that. <laughs> yes, indeed. For a guy like Cam, and I was talking to someone about this yesterday, that he said to us last summer, someone said, "What was the difference that you went on and won five times and everything like that?" And obviously, his game and his 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 play went to another level. But he said, "Oh, over the summer previous, over my off season, I didn't come home because I stayed in America. I didn't have as much, you know." takeaways of my time so i spent time practicing and working out I, i've not done that in my off-season breaks i've taken the time off i worked really really hard and I've, i saw the results i came out in hawaii and i won and i kept going now he by the time i, I think they get to augusta will have played four times mm. 
Dustin Johnson will have played the same number. I was doing the numbers in my head. Dustin Johnson used to front load his PJ two a year. So he'd play the Tournament of Champions, he'd play Pebble Beach, he'd play like my estimation would be Dustin Johnson by getting to Augusta typically would have played eight or so tournaments. Mm. He will have played four or less by the time he gets there. So, and on what golf courses? Yeah, against what sort of competition? There's yeah. an awful lot to unpack in yeah. there beyond only just three the rounds. numbers. Yeah, yeah and only three, three rounds. And and it, to Huggy's point, and you you can have all the internal motivation you like, but when you're a professional athlete, you peak at events. That's the idea. When you don't have something there, you give it. You, it's very easy to get into the. I'll start up next week. I'll start up next week, and suddenly it it gets away from you a little bit, and you're underdone. And and and, th- and these and those guys particularly, your, your DJ, Kepka, Deshambo, who have cultivated such physiques are based around mass and muscle strength, that easily turns the other way. Mm. You know, it, a, a slender guy who's naturally thin but quite fit, he doesn't drift as much. But those guys who have built Cam, that- Cam's not going to suddenly blow up. No, yeah. But, somebody like Mickelson can. Yeah. We've seen it we've seen it happen. Yeah, I mean, you look at Cam's dad, he's still a sort of yeah. whippet type shape. So, it's not got that in his genes. But Mickelson's done the opposite. He looks like he's got stuck in his <laughs> stuck in his sauna over the over the Christmas break and couldn't get out. Couldn't get out. It's, uh, it's I think it. it's the, the high stress diet with Phil's case. <laughs> Indeed. I want to come to Rory and where, where he's going to sit in all this. I don't feel like he's covered himself in glory necessarily with uh, with the sort of some of the paths he's taken. But I keep being reminded of what Paul McGinley told you on the thing about golf podcast of the fundamental change that's happened in golf that nobody really seems to be talking about. It has gone from an independent contractor sport which is what John Rahm isn't particularly happy about. We now effectively have golf is a league sport. You are paid to play these events. You are now an employee, you know, longer an independent contractor. That's 100% true of the guys that live, and it's essentially true of the guys on the PGA Tour. And that's a bigger change, I suspect, than most of us necessarily are paying attention to. For the business, it's good. The case McGinley made to you was a sponsor could come to the European Tour Board and say, I've got $50 million to put on a tournament. Will Rory play? And the only thing the board could say was, we'll ask him. That's a tough business to be in, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's a whole different mentality, isn't it, for for these guys? Um, The independent contractor thing was always a bit of an anomaly, but it was was true to a far greater extent than it is going to be going forward, that's for sure. Um, as for Rory, um, I'm just amazed that he's, he's managed to have the level of performance that he's had over the last few months because every time I've been at tournaments and he's come in to talk, it's been, you know, 90% about this stuff that we've, we've been talking about rather than, you know, what you're working on and, you know, what's your feeling at the top of your backswing stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I can't say I agree with everything that Rory's come out with over the last few months, but, um, I think his heart's in the right place. Um, he's 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 on the right. He's on the 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 good good team, if you like. Um, instead of the bad bad team. Um, <laughs> going forward, he, he deserves more. He, he deserves more credit. Um, than he does criticism. I think in the midst of all this, you wonder just on that whether there's some motivation in this for him. You're right. His performance. You would think that's pretty amazing, given how much talking about this stuff he's done. Maybe that's the key. <laughs> Maybe that's well, what's. Yeah. Made it for him. Maybe well, just I mean, the golf I, stuff isn't enough. He's got to have this extra stuff going on in his head. I would have thought going and practicing and playing is a great escape from talking about all this stuff. 
Like I that, think he seems to enjoy it. I don't think he, he oh, certainly I, has not shied away in any way, shape, or form from talking about this stuff. Yeah, it seems to find some sort of internal motivation from being in front and all that sort of stuff. But I, you would imagine when he comes in and does a presser and talks about something that doesn't actually relate to how he's putting club on golf ball. He then just loves the chance to go away and do exactly that and hit golf balls, maybe with some headphones on and get away from everything. Um, mm. But I, I, I saw something about the the a player meeting last week went for hours and hours. Like how any of seven hours. seven hours? How mm. any of these guys are, you know, happily going through that while trying to play golf for their living? The practice round, yeah, which, without all the walking, which which shows <laughs> which shows they're not independent contractors because Huggies are. Independent contracted Golf Australia magazine, and I could not get him in an editorial meeting for seven hours. I can tell you, <laughs> seven minutes. Certainly <laughs> not if Jay Monahan's going to be in there. There's a, there's a brief sort of discussion speech. over lunch about what we're doing for the day. That's yeah. about all it gets. Huggy goes off. Yeah, I, the meetings used to drive me crazy. It, uh, we used to have meetings to decide when we were going to have meetings. Oh. And when I was at Golf Digest in America, I'm not a meeting guy either, Huggy. I just no, they just sorry. drive me sort of insane. What's the feeling like on the ground, Huggy? Does it feel different this year to other years? I mean. I don't think we've ever seen – I've yeah. never seen a sh- the changes we've seen in profile. I've never seen the game turned upside down the way it has been the last 12 months. Yeah, I mean, I haven't been here long enough. I mean, uh, I haven't been out and about much today because the, they had the procession of people, ridiculous number of people coming in to, for press conferences. I don't know how they expect uh, the assembled media to, to write a story on – 11 guys or however many it was. Uh, it's ridiculous, especially when Monaghan was in the mix as well. I mean – uh, the Masters is not ideal, you know. They have a they pile people in on the, as Jimmy yeah. the, on the Tuesday as well, and to leave the Wednesday free for the the chairman to come and you know give his pronouncements. But um, there needs to be a bit more balance on that. So, I, so I'm afraid I, I'm not sure I can answer that question fully at this point. If you give me another 24 hours, I, I'll spend more time, you know, feeling walking around the course and having a look at things and talking to people. But uh, uh, right now, I'm not really qualified, sadly. How much of the chatter is about the golf and how much of the chatter is about this stuff? Oh, it's almost exclusively this. Uh, no one's even mentioned uh, the, <laughs> the tournament really yet. But having said that, uh, I'm of the belief that the, no matter what goes on in the run-up to events like this, once the golf starts, you forget almost everything. Uh, the the golf is so great at, you know, at times that, like last week, I mean, it was terrific, the last nine holes. Uh, the game, it's a, it's such a great game. Uh, we f- sometimes forget, we don't say that often enough, as I know I don't, and it saves itself. The game saves everything almost every time. Always comes through, doesn't it? It delivers regardless of how much rubbish we pour on top of it, trying yeah. to ruin it. I think yeah. that, I think that's particularly away. true Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Like if you, like all of us, spend some of your time on things like Twitter, you get in that golf echo chamber where it seems like this is the only thing in the world and tournament mm. doesn't matter anymore and then gun goes off and, well, I'm, yeah, who wants to have that conversation? I've just seen an amazing golf shot and I'm watching this. So, yeah. what's, your, what's your favourite Ryder Cup take, Huggy? Nothing continues to happen. <laughs> it's, it's the, it's the yeah, most until, horrendous. Oh man, that's that's the longest week of the year. Yeah, you, you arrive on Monday and you've got four days of writing about <laughs> absolutely nothing, and two or three stories a day on nothing because yes, everybody wants everybody to know. Everybody wants to know what the nothing yeah. was. Nothing happened. Yeah, um, that's right. Today, let's get to the golf huggy. Have you got any sense? I mean, you would have a bunch of the players who will be among the favourites would have trooped through the press rooms today. I imagine most of the talk mm. was about this. But did you get any sense of what we might expect from the golf this week? 
Well, I tell you, I, I, I spent a wee bit of time, I'd say I didn't wander about much, but very early today, I had a wee out, walk out to the 17th with Dennis Pugh, who um, oh, yeah. coaches Francesco Molinari, who showed um, some definite signs of life last week at Bay Hill. Not and for the first time this year, it has to be said, Huggy. Yeah, some signs of life yeah, in Asia too, and Europe. And he's he's a man with a great incentive this year. He's, he, I think he's desperate to get into that Ryder Cup team. It, it might be his kind of last hurrah. He's he's turned forty now, and he's probably only got about two or three years left at the the absolute top. Um, and it would be a big thing for Europe if he was to play well um, and get himself in a position where even Luke Donald could pick him, because that would be like the team finding a world-class player compared with the last team. So uh, I, I, we sneak in feeling for him this week. Uh, I, I passed him. Uh, he was on the practice putting green with Phil Kenyon, the the, the putting coach, and um, he was he was smiling. He doesn't smile right. often, Francesco. He's a pretty <laughs> serious guy. and uh, But he was he was actually, <laughs> just in passing, he was, I, Dennis Pugh and I do Wordle every day uh, on WhatsApp. We have a daily contest, and... I'm kicking Dennis's butt, to be perfectly honest. And <laughs> obviously, been, he's, his short game's better than yours, though, Huggy. <laughs> and, and Francesco was saying that he's doing the same, and he's Italian. So um, <laughs> Dennis, Dennis needs to work on his English a bit, I think. Yeah. And perhaps, perhaps you might need to uh, not feel quite so good about beating Dennis, given that an ESL guy well, is also beating That's him. true. Yeah. <laughs> given the fact that I just lost to my wife today. So uh, there you go. Dennis, Dennis Pugh, one of the great people to walk around a golf tournament with, I think. I did that mm-hmm. and for half a day. At okay. Augusta, when Molinari played well in 2019, and it was fascinating. Like, just yeah, great insights. Extraordinary insights, a bit like sort of Clayton Williams. You did you did the interview with him on the thing about golf too, Huggy. He was fantastic mm-hmm. on yeah. that as well. Brilliant. Fabulous, fabulous attitude to yeah. the game and life, and yeah. and, uh, and everything else. Um, I agree with you about Molinari, and he will desperately want to qualify for the team and not be a captain's mm. pick. That would just take a bit of shine off. But you're right. Well, yeah, I think he just has to get close. He's one of those yeah. guys, <clears throat> and with. Excuse me. There's only um, you know only six automatic qualifiers. I mean, you could have a pretty stellar year and come seventh yeah, or yeah, that. And you know, yeah. I mean, Luke Donald will be thinking. I would imagine realistically that he's going to have to pick one, maybe two of his absolute stick-ons that he wants in the team. Yeah. They're not all going to qualify. There's only six. I mean, that's you know yeah. unrealistic to think that he'll get them all. His, his sort of golf course too, you would think, Molinari, wouldn't you? Sawgrass, yes. sort of where he can do well. Yeah, absolutely. Metronomic. Yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm warming to that theme now that I've thought about it. Yeah. <laughs> well done. We might, we'll hold off releasing this till next week so that you'll look like a yeah. genius should he get the, uh, <laughs> get the job done. Anybody else that you had to happen to have a look at, or did you chat to Dennis about others that you think might this week? Uh, not really. We were, we, as I say, we went out to the seventeenth and uh, had a chat about that whole. Um, it's the green looks slopier than I remember it. I haven't been here for two or three years now. Uh, maybe it's just my imagination. but um, Maybe it's the weight of the clubhouse has pushed the earth down on one <laughs> well, side and increased the slopes. Yeah, I, would, I, I would think that whole, they should make it a dog leg because there's another little island off to the right. They should make them play to that one first that, and then pitch that's over. The, that's the shank green. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> you catch it on right. the hole, you can hit it onto that little island. Yeah, I nearly did. <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah, yeah, it's. I'm not a huge fan of that hole. I, I think uh, um, yeah, I've written about it before. It's. It's. A, I really like this golf course, but I don't like that hole. I think it's. It's inappropriate for a championship of the stature well, of I, a I, I would, circus I, at that stage in the round, especially. I would. I would have 
I've read Huggy's thoughts on that on that hole before, and particularly I agree with where it sits in the round. It's such a crucial point that can completely blow it up with you know swirling winds, whatever. But I would have been shocked at Huggy sat there and said. I'm a huge fan of the 17th at TPC Sawgrass. <laughs> I would have sent a welfare check that someone wasn't sitting behind exactly the computer. Just you know. somebody's back. Uh, I I, only, I disagree with you on one point there, Huggy, and that is the only reason I give it any sort of pass is because it's been built for purpose. That's what it's for. Yeah, to, to do I, that. I, and that I, I hold my hands up. I, yeah. I am a complete snob when it comes to Me this too, because because I watched them uh, on the tee, the procession of players on that tee. And they all have the exactly the same shot. Yeah, to hit. They all hit exactly the same. There's no variety. There's no shaping. There's no nothing. There's no subtlety to it. You just execute. It's very unpeat dialogue, in fact, when you if you really yeah. break it down, it's very yeah. sort of unlikely. But it is uh, spectacular to say. And least. if it was if it was completely once a year, I think you'd be more accepting of it. But the fact that you get other golf courses that we play tournaments on trying to follow that lead. Yeah. Like if it was a one-off, you that's go, right. that's the okay, dangerous. that's fine. We we do this once. Yeah. Yeah. And Others have it. copied it though and that and, has not yeah, played And up. it's the same with the 18th hole, which is basically cut out and put on a lot of PGA Tour venues as the last hole. Yeah. 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 Plus, the, plus the 17th isn't an island, as we know. That's right. Jimmy and I, the last time I was with Jimmy uh, in the flesh, as it were, we were at a course where there actually is an island green, a, a matter Springs place in Thailand where they had the Asia Pacific Amateur. That really is an island. That you really get the is boat island. out, don't you? Yeah, they yeah. played a yeah. DP World Tour event there a couple of weeks ago as well. That's right. Feed yeah. the fish as you go out on the boat. <laughs> it's it's wonderful. <laughs> that's quirky, isn't it? You got, you got to. That's quirky. If you're looking for quirk, that's up there with <laughs> that. The quirk. Is that is pure quirk? There's the one. There's somewhere. One in, is it in Idaho or Ohio? Somewhere it's called Coeur d'Alene. Coeur d'Alene. They've got, they've got yeah. the green that they yeah. adjust the distance from the. They can move it. Yeah, yeah it's on running tracks. Yeah. The, like that's yeah, just. just uh, that's yeah. taking the whole concept too far. But you're right, Jimmy. Yeah, the damage. If you, if the you damage, spend enough time in America, you'll see everything. That's yeah. what you <laughs> <laughs> the damage that the seventeenth hole does is it spreads. It makes people think that that's what golf should look like, which is yeah. one of the dangers of professional golf, isn't it? Huggy, it is far too influential on the game that the rest of us play on a Wednesday yeah. and a Saturday around the world. There's, there's way too much pro, um, attention paid to what golf, professional golf tournaments do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm just about done. What do you got, Jimmy, for, for Huggy? I feel like we've almost exhausted this whole li- – I you no idea what's going to happen. you just got to wait for things to unfold. Well, There's no point trying I, to speculate yeah, and plus, anymore. It's I, just- I, I apologize to the to the people listening to this. If they're, if they're like me, they're fed up with it. Yeah. I mean yeah. – it's, There's it's, no end in you know, I got into the I got into this job to write about golf, yeah. not this nonsense. No, and it's just I'm tired of it. I, I want some kind of resolution to come out of it. I don't see they're maybe just going to have to have parallel courses going forward, the two of them. Um, and the X factor, the biggest X factor of all, of course, is how long are the Saudis going to pump money okay. into this? Okay, I'll, I'll throw I, you. I'll I, throw you. Sorry, go, Huggy. I think uh, Rod and I had a conversation about this yesterday. I think it was. Both of us are firmly of the belief, and I imagine you might be similar, that we're now with how long, how this is dragging on, how it's working and everything like that. The only real loser here I can foresee majorly is golf itself, mm. is professional golf, and that its importance and its, its, you know, ability to maintain what it's created is, is what's going to be yeah. affected by these two things just ripping it apart. Yeah. Well, every tour on the planet is diminished right yeah. now. Well, consider so none of them as good as they could be. Not one. Consider this: if the Saudis decide to pull the pin on Live, if you thought the PGA Tour were bad before, mm. <laughs> wait until they are the undisputed alpha dog for at least the next twenty, thirty, or forty years before anybody oh. has another go at it. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. So we're really in a – it's a really – I don't know. The, the only other thing I would say to Huggy is he might have a better idea of this court case yes. going on in, in Europe. Is there any yeah. word as to what's going on? Because from our side, we can't see or hear anything. No, I don't think anybody knows what um, – it's, it's not like a, a legal court case where you can yep. – the media and the public could have gone in and listened to what was going on and you'd have some idea of how the arguments had gone. This is completely closed doors. And I, I, I was speaking to another journalist today and uh, they actually contacted the DP World Tour to find out if, you know, if they had any inkling and they don't or they're claiming that they don't they they have no idea what's going to happen or when it's going to be announced so what we they just have to wait for? and see on what that did, what do the dp I, world tour really want do they want to lose the case so that the players yeah. can play in well Europe? yeah i mean Matt, you know the more cynical mind um would imagine that uh, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if they do lose and the the story i did for um Golf Digest in the States on, the, on that. Uh, I spoke to a prominent sports lawyer and he was firmly of the view that the, the live people will win that because uh, his, he put it quite simply. He said that the, the guy, the judge, if we can call him that, uh, will ask the question, up until now, players have been allowed to play multiple tours, sure. right? And people, mm -hmm. the answer is yes. So he's then going to say, well, what's different about this? Yeah. Yeah. And gets into the, the source of the money and all the rest of it is neither here nor there in the legal. Yeah, case. that's not a. That's, so a, it's that's got the, no. It holds no legal water, really. It's not, yeah, argument. It's, yes. not a, it's not a moral arbitration, is it? No, <laughs> it's a. No, it's a legal that, that's a big hurdle for the the other side and of the argument. To get it's past. a. It's a big drip down that the result of that arbitration or whatever it is technically called because. Events like in Australia are DP World Tour co-sanctioned, and exactly whether or not the Scottish if, Open is a DP World Tour co-sanctioned yeah, event the week before yeah, the Open. Yeah, like whether or yes. not whether or not you know whatever way it goes, it could have an effect on all of these tournaments. So, you know, it's it's fascinating that we can't actually see what's going to happen. We're just going to be told. But I, I think one of the other interesting things is the strategic alliance between Europe and the PGA Tour. Spoken about a lot. I have seen very little of Keith Pelly for the last while. Is he? Actively around he's, Huggy, or he's supposed to be here. The 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 Monaghan claimed that they'd been talking to them for the last three days, but then wouldn't be anywhere close to specific about what they've been talking about or whether they've reached any conclusions. Which is, you know, he's an, he's the ultimate politician, Monaghan. I mean, if there's something really, they should be telling us as they're going along what what's actually happening with this, and so should Pelly. If I was Pelly, I'd be saying, look. You know, you've got to come up with something concrete here. It, it can't be just rhetoric, constant rhetoric, saying, "Oh, it's wonderful, and we're doing this." Now, get some specifics out there. Tell tell the world how we're going to benefit from this. Because, I mean, it looked terrible. I thought it, it just appearance-wise when they announced the you know the list of elite you know elevated events or whatever they, they call them, and then no hint of a. You, DP World Tour, of, no. you know, the Scottish Open being the obvious candidate, the week before, the, you know, that would have been obvious, but nothing, you know, and it just looks bad, if nothing else. I mean, the, the just the, the disdain, apparent disdain that the PGA Tour has for their supposed partners, you know, is, it doesn't look good. It just doesn't look No, it doesn't. No. It is the reality, not Huggy, whether we like it or not, that golf... America has always been the engine of professional golf, and it always will be. It's only yeah. become more so. Yeah. And the well, DP World yeah, you Tour say that. I mean, yeah, I, I think an opportunity was missed, and I think Mike Clayton agrees with me on this, that back in the you know 80s when the Europe had the five or six best players in the world, and you throw in Greg Norman as well, 
the if they'd started something everywhere in the world apart from America right then, I think that they could have been a viable alternative sure. to the PGA Tour. But that opportunity is long past. But right. that was the chance, I think. If your grandmother and all of that sort of stuff. The other point about that, of course, is Huggy, that would we not just have then had the same thing, but it would have been on our side, for want of a better term, where Possibly, that would have been yeah. the dominant tour. It's the nature of business that you try to become the most dominant. And that's what the PGA, yeah. they're fulfilling their charter by doing that. They do have a responsibility, and this is maybe what we should be sort of trying to press home more. They do have a responsibility to operate beyond the borders of just the US, though. If you're going to be the premier um, circuit in a world game, you owe the world something beyond just saying, well, if you're good enough, you can qualify to come and play here. Mm-hmm. There needs to yeah, be something. And, you, and you're right. It feeds on the way down. I mean, the, the DP World Tour surely feels bullied by the PGA Tour, but then the Asian Tour for long enough felt bullied by the European Tour. Yeah. You know, the European Tour barged into Asia and played here and there and everywhere, and the Asian Tour were kind of shoved aside the same way that the DP World Tour is pushed by the, the PGA Tour. So it's <laughs> they're as bad as each other if you, if you just work your way down the, through the system. I, I had a sit-down with Cho Min Tant from the Asian Tour at the end of last year, and there's no question that they're sitting there thinking the way the strategic alliance is working is the greatest thing in the world because Asia sees itself as a genuine potential challenger to the European tour in the yeah. coming years. They, Absolutely. They, they, know that, they know that they're not at the same level as the big ones, but they see themselves as this is our chance to really challenge that and drag players from everywhere. You know, they're already happy to come and play in Asia if they play on the yeah. European tour. So they, they continue to be the biggest winner out of this that also probably has the most to lose if, if the if, if funding if the goes funding away, goes away exactly it, all, right, it all falls in top. And Jimmy, they, I interviewed him, the, the same guy, uh, at the first live event in England last year and uh, asked him, you know, if they have any moral issues with the, the, the Saudi money and all the rest of it. And he just kind of laughed. He says, oh, no. He says, we've had tournaments in Cambodia and Myanmar. He says, this is nothing. <laughs> It's kind of like the French and mistresses, isn't it, Huggy? The rest of the world's horrified by the notion, but the French just go, oh, and? So? Yeah. <laughs> it's that same then, kind of you know, As I say, I mean, I know this argument is, is kind of what about it, as Eamon Lynch likes to call it, but um, I mean, if you start down the road of, right, we're not going to go there because of X, I mean, uh, as I said to you know, American journalists today, I says, well, you know, I don't approve of the, the death penalty, but you guys seem to think it's okay in this country, but do I stop coming to America because I disapprove of the death penalty? You know, it, it, where does that end if you start down that road? No, I'll yeah. flip, flip it around. Would you go and work for the Saudis directly and have their money deposited into your account every week? I would not. That is what the golfers have done, to simplify it. That's the difference between buying petrol to get to and from work and ferry your kids to school sport and taking $100, $150, million, $200 into your bank account to go and promote Actively, globally, contractually. Yeah. But I, I would only do that, Rod, if I could take you as my assistant. Well, then you're not going, Huggy. I, in fact, yeah. was it two years ago? About two <laughs> years ago, just before Live launched, their PRM, what's it called? Golf 54 or something? Is that what it's called? Yes. From over in the UK. Yep. I imagine they were getting in touch with just about every podcast on the planet offering, you know, would you run some, like to run some ads for us for money? I just said no. Yeah. But they were doing that. Too. So I've already proved my. I knocked yeah. back that. There's probably a good 50, 60 bucks in that, Huggy. And I just yeah, said, Your moral no, credentials are That's exactly right. I am now complete. Your moral you know? credentials or poor business, <laughs> poor business <laughs> management exactly right. are not sure which. But that it, it is complex, you're right. And you can run the whole water battery on it. But when you think about it in that sense, you know, directly, 
that's the difference between, to me, governments dealing with the Saudis and all of that sort of stuff and directly saying, right. Having said that, the accountant that lived across the road from my mum in the GFC, he lost his job, as lots of accountants did. The only place he could find work was in Saudi Arabia. And so they lived in a compound of other Westerners, him and his wife. She came home to visit and said it's the greatest thing they'd ever done. It was fantastic. They loved it. They weren't seeing the stuff that you see on the news. They were sort of no, living of course, in a yeah. compound and it was all fantastic. And of I don't recall being morally outraged by their behaviour. It's like, well, you've got to do what you've got to do kind of deal. So mm-hmm. it is complicated, I think, is the uh, yes. Is the thing to it. Huggy, Com- complicated uh, like the uh, live promotional video that came out yesterday about the teams and about my favourite part being there'll be a promotional element from the international series where one, two, four players up or one or two, up, four. up to four could go up and down. <laughs> well, this that's is about, outstanding. That's I just, more about. <laughs> I love the idea of playing all year on the international series. You get into third on the order of merit. You go, geez, how good is this? And they go. Eh, nah, not the me. thing about that is, Jimmy, though, the, the reason it's up to four will be promoted is because up to four will be relegated. And yeah. There are certain members of the team who cannot be relegated. So if they're in that yes. bottom feeding position, no go. We cut the four promotions to three because that's how it's going to work. So that's what that's the, about. The stress levels of these guys who are on the fringes of live and on the fringes of the designated events, these guys are going to be really quite – they're going to be going through some heart pressure stuff, guys. Yeah. It's um, yeah, it's well, it's I don't know, it's uh, it's quite bizarre. But their who's their promotional stuff is awful. Live uh, that the, whole video was just terrible. There, yes, there's. It, Did you see it, Huggy? I, 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 no clear. I haven't at the seen end this. No, I, I spent yesterday in, in various airplanes, so I, I there's just, haven't been there's up just on that. But I'll have a look. I'll, graphics that aren't a part of it, things that don't make sense. There's there's a lot of words that don't make sense. I thought the PJ Tour was pretty good at putting out some stuff that confused me, but yeah. that was that was next level. And to close it with Dustin Johnson, by far the worst performer of all of them in front of the camera, and he got the last Just word. giving it the down the camera. Yeah. It's golf but louder. Golf but louder. In the monotone <laughs> delivery was <laughs> just – it couldn't have been golf quieter, to but, be honest. hey, it gets our attention, doesn't it? Maybe it's deliberate. Maybe that's the strategy. Make it bad so that people talk about it because yeah. you, you couldn't make it that bad uh, if you weren't trying. Huggy, good to chat, mate. Have a good week. Hopefully, it's not too long before the golf starts and you can stop thinking about all this nonsense with the business. Yes, it's uh, my head's starting to hurt. You know, you, I'm going to take a, a tablet and go to bed, I think. Yes, well, it's good to know that you're back over there covering golf in America, though, because I know that it's been off and on for a while. So that's uh, this is somewhat mm. normal for you. So it's good to hear. Thanks for taking some time today. And Jimmy, always good to chat with you, mate. Thank you, Rod. Thank you, Huggy. Thank you, Ballboys. Thank you, Linesman. Episode 136 done. We'll be back next week here on the Good Good Golf Podcast.